where nobody knows your name is filmed in front of nobody. Hello and welcome to Where Nobody Knows Your Name. I'm John. And I'm James. Today we're going to be looking at episode... 20. Episode 20. Someone Single and Someone Blue. A wedding in this episode, released on the 3rd of March, 1983. We've got a classic director back. James Burroughs. Good old Jimmy B. Back for the 20th time. He's making a bit of a habit, isn't he? And uh, written by David Engel. I imagine he'll grow to be quite a cheers regular. What happens in the uh, cold opening here? Well, in the cold open, old man leaves the bar. Coach tells Sam he was on the Titanic. Sam is amazed by this. That's the first person I ever met that was actually on the Titanic, Sam. He survived the Titanic? I forgot to ask. <laughs> Coach, why didn't you call me over? I would have loved to have heard that story. Well, gee, Sam, I figured you heard it. Your big boat, it hit an iceberg, bang, down it went. And Sam expresses that one of the best things about being a bartender is being able to hear the stories of the people who come in. And he's really disappointed that he missed out on a tale of a survivor of the Titanic. Which I imagine is a great story. But luckily, Coach knows someone who's in the bar right there. He's got a backup, yeah. He's got an even better story. His story is, he knows all the words to Bonanza. The Bonanza theme, yeah. We'll annoy our audience now with the whole thing. We got a right to pick a little fight, Bonanza. If anyone fights any one of us, he's got to fight with me. We're not a one to settle up and run bonanza. Any one of us starts a little fight, knows he can trust on me. One, four, 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 one. We guarantee one, four, 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 one. And that's how our episode begins, <laughs> with the missed opportunity of a good story, but the Bonanza theme. You like Bonanza, John? I've never watched it. I think I probably like it. I think I've seen a clip of it. It's all right. I'm more of a Rawhide fan. What's Rawhide? It's similar to Bonanza. They're both Westerns. How many episodes of Bonanza were there? Many. So now into the main episode, I guess. This is a Diane-centred episode. Our mummy is coming yes, to the bar. good old Mrs. Chambers. And we were introduced to Mrs. Chambers a couple of episodes ago. Somewhat, yeah. Via a phone call. We didn't hear her voice. But we could gather how she responded mm. to Sam. And she's rich, snooty, and eccentric. Well-to-do, isn't she? Yeah. She's got a yes. chauffeur. Boggs. Boggs is a weird name. I assume it's his surname. I still think that's a weird name. It's like Wade Boggs, isn't it? Yes, but I don't know. Oh, John. You're there judging chauffeurs. Just saying, Boggs is a weird name. So, <laughs> <laughs> Diane's mum comes to the bar. She meets the gang. She meets Sam. Diane's told me about you. You're almost as handsome as she says you think you are. Then she meets Coach. And Coach introduces himself like Coach would. Oh, you can call me by my other nickname, Red. Red? Yeah, doing his playing days, his teammates used to call him Red. Oh, and because your hair was red? Oh, no, man, because I read a book. He's a man of many names. He's coach, so Ernie, Ernesto. Man, he goes by many names, does our coach. And in this episode, it's Red. Because he read a book once. Not because he had red hair. But Diane's mum's come for a reason. And that reason is because she's in trouble. Yes. She's going to lose the inheritance from Diane's deceased father. That's exactly what it is. Because there's a stipulation in his will that Diane needed to be married within 10 years of his death. Otherwise, all of the estate went to someone else or to public domain. Does an estate go to public domain? Liquidated, I suppose. She loses the money. Yeah, <laughs> she got no money. So Diane's mum leaves it very last minute. Now Diane has a day to be with. Yeah. Um, I don't know why she left it so last minute, but it makes comical hijinks for the episode. Yeah, it's just for farcical reasons. And who's there? Who's going to be married? Us. Boggs. Boggs proposes. <laughs> I'd rather marry Boggs. I could make you very happy. <laughs> 
I'm sorry, Boggs. That's just a figure of speech. And Diane does not want to marry Boggs, which I think is, you know, a bit rude. He seems like a nice man. Maybe not Diane's type. It is a short-term marriage. It's just to settle... It's a shotgun or sham marriage or something. Shotgun's forced. Well, Diane's mum does say, I'll never be broke. I'll either be rich or dead. The choice is yours. Yeah. <laughs> which is horrible. <laughs> she lays the guilt on thick, doesn't she? Yeah. So this yeah. makes Diana quite desperate to be wed within the next 24 hours. And she calls to Sam to do her a favour and marry her. Which Sam's reluctant to do. As we established before. He's a divorced, divorced man. man. Sam had bad experiences with his ex-wife and he's not keen to be married again. He's aware that would be a short-term marriage, but he still says that there's no such thing once you're married it's hard not to think there's more going on even if it's a fake one to mm-hmm. get your father's inheritance exactly sam's ex-wife actually appeared in episode two her name is Deppa, and she was played by donna mckechnie if you remember all that time 18 weeks ago now she's the, the one that went to see star wars yes she did oh, yes. okay that's where it fell apart she's not a fan of the star wars sam loves the star wars So it's interesting what we said about the guilt trip, though, because not only is there that aspect of guilt which Diane's mother puts upon Diane, but one thing I found interesting about this episode is, say, in contrast to Rachel in Friends, who's established as this person who, in the pilot episode at least, who is very reliant on her parents' money. And in the opening episode of Friends, Rachel has to cut up all the credit cards. Throughout everything we've seen in Cheers so far, Diane has portrayed herself as an independent young woman mm. who's trying to go her own way in life and trying to do things without relying on her parents. Yet in this episode, we see that her mother is very dependent on Diane's father's money and Diane's father's belongings and estate, which which I felt was a perhaps intentional comparison. I think it was also a sign of the times this episode was released, where perhaps it wasn't uncommon for that to happen, for someone to be reliant on their partner's income, as opposed to generating money from both parties. And yeah, I think that Diane gets asked quite directly by someone in the episode, why is she working in a bar? Why doesn't she have all this money? And she said she didn't want it. didn't want to live off it. And it's, yeah, like you said, it's the guilt of her mother, which is why she's having to do this, because it's not for her, because she doesn't really care about the money. She'd much rather lose it than have to do that because her father had read that into his work but it's her mum guilting her into doing it feel bad she about wants it. to make her mother feel happy and comfortable it's, it's probably as well that she's aware of that dependency that her mum has on that money which is why she's rejected it because she doesn't want to become dependent on it because she can see that her mum can't live without it which is why she agrees to marry in this episode which happens to be Sam that's right Sam agrees in the end against his own judgments he agrees to marry Diane and uh, there's a ceremony in Cheers it's not the first wedding that's happened in Cheers though is it Coach tells her a whole life has played out in Cheers before. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it ended with them. Um, with death, didn't it? It ended with the husband being caught having an affair and being shot in the alleyway. And then they were all like, oh, okay, that's dark. And then he brings out his ashes. <laughs> and Norm's just yeah, appalled. It's, it's, uh, Norm goes, is he buried under the floorboards? And then Coach goes, no, he got cremated. And then just gets out from behind the branches. <laughs> I think it's the creepiest thing I've seen Coach do. <laughs> So far. There's plenty more episodes to come. One can only dream, John. During the wedding ceremony, it obviously doesn't go plain sailing. Sam's got a wondering eye, doesn't he? Sam does have a wondering eye. A woman walks past and Sam gives a glance. Diane sees Sam give a glance and they have an argument instead of vows. And Norm says, you know, I think they wrote their own vows. Yeah, it was, a, it was a good turn up for the wedding. There was a lot of random people there. A lot of people we hadn't seen before. And I think Norm and Carla, was, was Cliff there? Yeah, yeah, Cliff was there. I don't think he... Said anything. No. Do you think he was the ring bearer? Had them in little parcels? 
I hope so. Then after Sam's wandering eye, Diane and him have that huge argument and end up not getting married, meaning that Diane's mum's going to lose her money. But fortunately, Boggs has a plan. Boggs always has a plan. The man with the plan is Boggs. This is a long-running plan as well, actually. Oh, he's been playing this game for years. Been <laughs> embezzling money from the family. For decades. <laughs> for decades. The chauffeur at the beginning becomes the sort of man of the hour and proposes to Diane's mum. And he whisks her away. And as they're leaving Cheers, he says, Actually, can, can you drive? She full-heartedly agrees. So she just follows the money, like a basset hound. <laughs> now, I thought Boggs and Mrs. Chambers were a highlight of this episode. Their double act and the way they bounced off each other was wonderful. I can go through who played these characters. Yeah, let's hear about them. We had Glynis Johns as Mrs. Chambers, Diane's mother. She also played Mrs. Winifred Banks in Mary, Mary Poppins. Poppins. Yeah, yeah, I saw this as well. That was an interesting role that she had played because it's, you imagine it's kind of a similar character, a stately home. Well, wait until you see what her other roles were. She uh, was a Glynis Granville in the, the short-lived show Glynis, which I imagine was... You've seen a lot of comedians do their spin-off show or their show based on their own lives and their own comedy routines. So I imagine that was much the same. And she played Lady Penelope Peasoup for a few episodes of Batman, the okay. Adam West version. I can't imagine what. Lady Penelope Peasoup. <laughs> Pea soup. Soup. A soup made of peas. So this villain was based off soup? I don't think it was a villain. I think it was, as you say, like the lady of a stately home. Oh, I, I imagine it was a villain based off <laughs> Watch soup. out, Batman. I've got soup. You know what she is? She is a super villain. That was terrible. We also had Duncan Ross as Boggs and Dean Dittman as Harrison Fiedler. Now, we had... Paul Wilson as Glenn, who knows the Bonanza theme. Mm. He would later continue into the show as Paul Caprentz. They brought the actor back and gave him... A role. A role, yeah. Which I think has happened quite often in Cheers with these extra barflies. It's the dedication of learning the theme from Bonanza. You know what? You're a good egg. I'm bringing you back. I bet you entertained the crew for hours with that. I bet you they hated it. Good thing they were at a bar drink their sorrows. <laughs> yeah, but it was all fake alcohol. The whiskey was water. The alcohol was unalcoholic. That's true. But I've heard that I think it had real kegs so the, they're pulling the pints mm. to real kegs underneath liquid in the kegs may not have been real but they could switch and I've heard when they did rap parties for shows on the lot they used the cheer set as the after party mm. location that's pretty cool I would have loved to have been at that. Every crew walks in, just everyone shouts Norm, regardless of whether it's their name. Jerk people still do that, shout Norm, every time George went open the door. Well, it's interesting you say that, because when it was the James Burroughs tribute, because he had directed 1,000 episodes of sitcoms over his career, there was a little segment on George Went, yeah. and about wherever he went, people called him Norm, and it showed clips when he was just in the toilet, and he was standing at a urinal, and people just kept shouting Norm at him. Another one, he was at a funeral, and people just kept calling him Norm. Please for laughs in a somewhat ironic way but you could tell George Wendt was thinking this is what happens his please life leave, is ruined please <laughs> leave me alone Jason Sudeikis even calls him Norm not Uncle George Uncle Norm Uncle Norm of course Paul Wilson also played Leonard Smith in it's Gary Shandling's show, mm -hmm. another show which I've said a comedian has done mm -hmm. themselves, and a driver in an episode of The George Went Show. The George Went Show? Yeah, Shortly Lived. It was a sitcom with George Went. As George Went? As George something. He also played Deputy Zajac in a George and Leo. Coach Kluge? 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 He plays a coach. He plays a coach in Recess and Bob Porter in Office Space. He also played recurring character Ed in Malcolm in the Middle. Uh, I've seen Malcolm in the Middle. I think he was in two episodes. So he's, he's good with his sitcoms. 
Yeah. I've seen quite a few of them. Now, we spoke about Norm. Interesting in this episode is that Norm states he is no longer looking for a job. Yeah, he's been unemployed for a while. But he is begging for one. He's begging for one, yeah. He, he says quite a nice thing as well. He says, um, bars can be a very sad place. Some people spend their whole lives in bars. Just yesterday, some guy sat right here next to me for 11 hours. <laughs> Which, obviously, Norm was there for 11 plus hours to know someone was there. But I like how he's totally oblivious (laughs) to himself being in a bar all the time. Do you think he gets his mail directed to Cheers? Via Cliff. Cliff doesn't even bother going to his house anymore. The perks of having a postal service officer as a friend. Direct mail. Imagine how quick Amazon Prime would be with that. I mean, isn't Amazon Prime a day anyway? Could be even quicker if you know a guy. So, I guess in terms of this episode, it might be good to talk about what kind of strain this puts on Sam and Diane's relationship. Yeah, exactly. They were at the aisle of Cheers, about to get married, but there was an officiator there, and he was about to marry them, and they didn't go through with it. And there was a lot of focus on how they'd let down Diane's mum, and a lot of concern that she wasn't going to be alright. Obviously, Boggs came in, saved the day. For me, it felt like a little bit of a revenge for Boggs, but we won't go into that too much. I imagine Boggs <laughs> has been in love with uh, Mrs Chambers for many years, and I think he's been waiting for this moment. But yeah, so this puts quite a strain on Sam and Diane, and they come out the episode a bit frustrated with each other. It puts perspective that their relationship wouldn't work, because... Sam had his wondering eye. Diane picked the fault. When Diane picks faults with Sam, Sam freaks out and they just end up arguing. So in the will they won't they, it's looking like a won't they. This is a recurring theme here in Where Nobody Knows Your Name. Place your bets now as we near the end of season one. It's that time again, James. It's trivia time. Trivia time. I think someone sent in a bar story. We've got a bar story. Very fitting. The cold opening about bar stories. Sam saying that the best part about being in a bar is hearing all the stories from people. And we love that too. So please send them in if you have any. And I look forward to hearing this story now. So uh, this is a period story. Took place in uh, Germany in the 1990s. This is an archive. Story from the cellar, perhaps. The wine cellar. The wine cellar. Yeah. It starts with, This incident took place in Germany in the 1990s. A time and place when Irish-themed pubs were a big thing. One night, a group of us went to our local establishment to sample the cheap drinks, but not the atmosphere. The landlord was a formidable, if dishevelled character, a large chap who only possessed one outfit, a pair of dark jeans and a faded black t-shirt emblazoned with great Irish writers. Unfortunately, no one could have described his repartee as Wildian, since an angry grunt was a sign he was at his most eloquent. This is sounding charming already. This is from Simon from the UK. He's travelled abroad. He's been in Germany. He knows of Oscar Wilde. He seems like an eloquent man. It continues. One night, to our astonishment, we saw him talking to an American woman, similarly attired in jeans and faded t-shirt. From their physical proximity and body language, it was clear that the attraction was mutual. In fact, the air contained enough electricity to power all of eastern Bavaria. Very descriptive. We watched, transfixed, as the tension rose inexorably, and then, catastrophe, with a loud... PG podcast. Our ungenial host knocked over his beer. An expression of anguish and profoundest existential crisis seized his face. In dramatic. What's going to happen next, John? How could fate have been so cruel as to made him choose between the two things that meant the most to him? A possible night of bliss with an American or beer. Beautiful beer. It's like Sophie's choice, John. <laughs> what? <laughs> We were unable to break our gaze as he deliberated over what was possibly the most fateful decision of his life. 
Suddenly, with a loud thwack, he slammed his hand into the pool of spilled beer on the bar, raised his hand to his face, and then made a magnificent slurping sound. His choice was made, and his fate decided. The American woman looked on in horror, grabbed her bag, and stormed out of the pub. Is he cradling spilt beer? Just licking it off his hand. his hand. Like a disgusting kitten. The landlord hardly seems to notice. I actually think I saw the barest hint of a smile cross his face. Yeah, that was a great That's, short story. That was very nice, very descriptive, but... So he's basically... He spilled a beer and then just licked it off his hand in a display to this woman who he was attracted to. Perhaps as some kind of mating ritual which ultimately failed. What would be your limit? Would you drink spilt beer? No. There we go. <laughs> Easy answer. What about you, John? Uh, probably not. Definitely not in a pub. If I spill it on, like, my own table. Well, I think once it's spilled, you can't really drink it, can you? So I put out, you can slurp it. Get a straw, get a cloth. And wring it out. Wring it out, yeah. <laughs> Soak it up and wring it out. Back into the glass. <laughs> this was the landlord as well, wasn't it? Surveying with disgust. Because he knows that the tables haven't been cleaned for a while. <laughs> That's the dog's table. <laughs> <laughs> They're all the dog's table. Thank you, Simon, for sending that in. Much appreciated. And if anyone else would love to send in some equally descriptive uh, stories, we'd love to hear them. That was great. It was like reading Hemingway. Hemingway did like a drink. So my my questions for Trivia, James, we've already answered two of them during the podcast. So what was Coach's other nickname? That was Red. Because he read a book one. We covered that one. (laughs) Which actress and comedian did producers originally want to play Diane's mother? Oh, I don't know. It's another one who did an almost autobiographical comedy show. Well, I know this show. You may have heard of it. From the 50s. Bewitched. Semi-autobiographical. <laughs> Except from the 50s as well. That's like 60s, 70s. 60s, I think. But um, I can enlighten you. It was Lucille Ball who Sem- did I Love Lucy. You know, with Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz as mm. Ricardo. Yeah, it's a good uh, Ricardo. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> These are both names. Yeah, they wanted her to do it and they actually asked her. But what Lucy Ball said was that audience would be expecting to see Lucy from I Love Lucy if she appeared on the show. And she didn't think it would necessarily work with that association with her eponymous character. And as I said, semi-autobiographical character. So she refused. But she was a big fan of the show. And considering it was only in season one, getting someone of that status, you know, a comedy icon, being such a big fan of the show that she was open to do it but knew for career reasons and various other aspects of what she's done in her past it wouldn't have worked yeah I wonder if she uh, changes her mind later on we'll see it'd be great to see Desi Arnaz again Mm. (laughs) Ricardo Ah, Ricardo (laughs) good old I love Lucy another question that we've already answered during the episode how long uh, has Diane's father been passed away for just under 10 years. Yes. Yes. Because it was the 10-year anniversary. The next day. That she had to be married by. Yeah. Coach tells the story of another couple that got married in Cheers, but what were their names? Oh, no, I don't know. Sam and Diane. <laughs> no, I, I, I couldn't tell you, James, I'm afraid. Frankie and Janet Flaherty. They had such a good relationship. <laughs> Aspirations for us all. Condensed into, like, a square foot. Maybe a good miniseries, wouldn't it? Very short. 20 minutes. I don't know why, but it all takes place within one bar of what Coach described. I picture it happening all in one night. (laughs) So I just picture it being really condensed down. Just as they got gradually more drunk. Yeah. (laughs) Wedding at like half ten. Now what happens in Cheers stays in Cheers. Pool table at like... Half eleven. Shot in the alley at half (laughs) twelve. Cremated the next morning. (laughs) Ever been so drunk you got cremated? (laughs) 
My final question for you, James. What are the words to the theme song of Bonanza? Is it, we got a right to pick a little fight Bonanza? If any of you fight any one of us, you're going to fight with me? One for four, four for one, this we guarantee. I can't remember the last line. I think you've missed a little bit there. I've got most of it. But don't worry, everyone. We're going to play Glenn's again. We got a right to pick a little fight Bonanza. (laughs) If anyone fights any one of us, he's going to fight with me. We're not a one to settle up and run bonanza. Any one of us starts a little fight, knows he can trust on me. One four 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 one. We guarantee one four 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 one. Good old Glenn. And that song was composed by Ray Evans and Jay Livingston. I've heard uh, Johnny Cash has done a cover of the Bonanza theme. Must be good. I kind of like to see that. What are the names of Diane's parents? Uh, her her mum's called Helen. Correct. I can't remember her father's name. Stepfather, Boggs. <laughs> Diane's biological father's name is Spencer. When Helen gets married, she can be called Helen Boggs. Helen Chambers Boggs? Nah, Helen Boggs. So what do you think, James? What, what would be your takeaway from this episode? Well, I think it was an interesting episode. The comparison and the different approaches to money and the background and relying on money within that background. I think it was interesting to show that Diane's mother was so reliant on money mm-hmm. that she only really seemed to enjoy Bog's company if there was financial value present. Yeah, once when she was reliant on him. Which, in this day and age, I'm not too pleased by. No, me neither. But at least our main character of Diane is opposing it. Yes, and that's the thing. She's been quite the voice of reason throughout mm. the series, hasn't she? Definitely, yeah. For this episode, we began it talking about stories, and I think that's what we got. We got a good story. There was a wedding in there. There was... Embezzlement. Underlying notes in a will. Murder. Gunfire in an alleyway. What else could you want? So that's what this episode was. The episode, The Ode to Storytelling. We'd like to thank Simon and again for sharing his story with us today. Remember everyone out there, enjoy your own stories. Life is what you make it.